Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, called Giving Your Best for God. Titus 2, verse 1, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound. That's the idea of healthy doctrine, Titus 2, 2. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. Verse 4, Titus 2 that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. Look at what's at stake again. That the word of God may not be what? Dishonored or spoken against. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified. Doctrine always will be lived out in duty of the life. Sound in speech, verse 8, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters, verse 9, in everything to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering or stealing, but showing all good faith that they may adorn, here's the idea of putting on clothing, the doctrine of our God, of God our Savior, in every respect. So once again, we see that the Bible is bringing home the doctrine of God and saying, look, it applies to every area of our lives. So let's go back and let's look at Ephesians 6, 5 and pull out some more principles because I know you want much more, don't you? And all God's people said, no. (laughs) Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. So someone might say, okay, I know what the Bible says. It says I've got to respect this guy. All right. I'm going to respect him. But the next phrase in 6.5 says that you should do it In the what? Sincerity of your heart. Now everybody knows what sincerity means. There is a a Latin phrase, sincera, and they used to sell these um, pots in the marketplace. And sincera came to be known as without wax. And what they would do is they would take pottery, and if it had a crack in it, they would fill it in and then cover the crack. And so people, when they were buying pottery, wanted to know that it was sincere that it was without wax, that there was nothing hiding the true nature of the vessel. And when Paul says, I want you to do it in the sincerity of your heart, he's saying, I don't want just this to be external. Okay, if I have to respect him. Like the brother, okay, if I have to say I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, that means a lot. That was, what do we usually say? That was sincere. Right? So in the sincerity of your heart means that what God wants is not just some external show for your employer. What God wants is you to sincerely respect the person from your heart. Now you're saying, wait a minute. (laughs) Come on now. 
That would mean that my heart would have to change. Yes. That's precisely what the Bible's saying. That you're going to have to ask God to change your heart towards that person. And that's so hard. I confess it behind the hunk of wood tonight. So hard. Lord, couldn't I just do it externally? You're, you're, you're telling me I got to do this sincerely, like from my heart sincere? Yes. You see, that's why you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not filled with the Spirit, your eyes and your heart's not going to change towards that person. You're going to have to have God's eyes for that person. Now, what would that mean? Well, sometimes instead of us being upset, maybe we should be sorry. Sometimes, you know, when God's changed my heart towards a person, I start to feel sorry for them instead of being angry at them. And I've noticed something else. Maybe you've noticed this too. It's hard to stay angry with someone that you're praying for. So God might want you to start to turn that angst that you have towards this person into prayer to God and saying, you know what? I was once blind. I once lived only for material possessions. I once lived only for the bottom line. I didn't mind stepping on people to get to the top or whatever your situation was. We all know how we were before we came to know Christ and how we can still tend to be. And so the Bible's saying, look, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And so do this in the sincerity of your heart, which is gonna, you're gonna have to say, God, change my heart towards that person. You might wanna write that down tonight. God, change my heart towards that person. Um, I think we've all noticed as we've gone along in our Christian lives that we don't have the ability to change others. That's mostly what we pray about. God, would you please change this person? Because if you would just change this person, then my attitude would be different. See, that's how we pray, right? Instead of saying, wait a minute, maybe, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, I might want to look at my own heart, I don't know, right? Now, we can have legitimate gripes and, and we all can make our list, but here's the point. Let it be from your heart, okay? And the sincerity of your heart, and here's the key, and, and, and I'm pounding my fist when I'm typing these notes at my desk, but how do you do that? How? It's still that same person. You do it, look at the end of verse five, as to Christ, you see, you give the respect and honor and hard work that you would give if Christ were your boss. Now that changes things. And I read a quote, you know, someone was talking about, you know, could you, you're a mom at home. Could you make the soup like you were making it for Jesus Christ. Now Martha was literally making a meal for Jesus. Remember that? In the book of Luke. And she said, hey, Lord, tell my sister to help me. She's making a meal for the Lord. I mean, literally. But the Lord's saying in the Bible, we need to live our lives as if we were doing it to the Lord. Could you cut the grass as if you were doing it for Christ? Could you? Do you? Amen. Could you do whatever it is that you do? You know, the Bible says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. I could quote that verse all day long. The fact is, though, I don't do it. 
I'd like to stand up here and tell you that I have a great attitude whenever I approach anything on the planet. But the fact is, I don't live this way all the time. That's why these verses are so inconvenient. (laughs) So we're going to move on to the armor of God. No, I'm just kidding. Now, he tells us in verse 6, another principle, not by way of eye service, or uh, obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you. Now, we've all heard the, when the, what's the phrase? When the cat's away, the mouse will play, right? So, you know, you come into the company and everybody's throwing paper, you know, and when messing around, the boss walks in, oh, everybody's looking busy, right? Or the old analogy was used when the coach turns his head and everybody's doing push-ups and everybody holds in the push-up stance and then the coach starts looking again and everybody acts like they're doing the push-ups, right? Right? What, what does that show us? That shows us that we only are going to work hard when we know he's watching. But the fact is that Paul just says, you should do it unto Christ and Christ is always watching Wow. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I mean, that applies to every area of my life. Don't just do it when his eye is on you. But as slaves of Christ, do the will of God, and it goes right back, from the heart. But like slaves of Christ, NIV, doing the will of God from your heart. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is of the evil one. And so we are to live a life, whatever context we find ourselves in, we are in full-time ministry. At work, our work can be our worship. And so in the parable of the talents, Jesus Telling the story, he said, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. You remember, the master went away on a long journey. And one guy sat on what he got and he did nothing with it. He buried it. And the other two were active while the master was away. And then when the master came back, he said, you've done well. You've, you've made a profit. Now enter into the joy of your master. Look at verse 7. We're to do this, this is an attitude verse. We're to do this with goodwill. The idea of the word here is kindness or benevolence. We're to render service as to the Lord, and we see the repetition here, and not to men. So you might say, I don't want to do that for him. Well, don't do it for him. Do it for the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord instead of doing it to men because if you focus on that person and their their, uh, undeservedness for you to perform for them, you'll stay stuck. And this could be in every category. If I, they don't deserve it. That's what we often say. They don't deserve. But if we do it as to the Lord, does he deserve it? He deserves our best in every area of our lives. And so I want you to turn now to Philippians. Just go one book to the right, chapter 2. Now, in Philippians 2, Paul gives us the ultimate example of Christ. See, Christ himself did this. Uh, It says in verse 3, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, Philippians 2, 3, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as 
we'll be working on this for the rest of our lives. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, Pastor Michael and the team really appreciate you listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to bring you the truth of God's Word and help you apply it to your life. To equip you when people in your community have questions, not to throw the truth in their faces, but to have an answer for the hope you have inside you. Would you please help us with something? Would you please reach out to us today to tell us how Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you? We have a church board, and they would love to hear from our listeners. They want to know how this ministry is reaching you. We would love to know how Pastor Michael's messages have helped you day to day, or even just this one time if you're a first-time listener. Please take a couple moments to either call us and leave us a message or email us. The number is 844-48-TRUTH or you can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH or contact at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much and God bless. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. We'll be working on this for the rest of our lives. As more important than himself, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of what? A servant, a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, Jesus isn't just the one we do it unto, he did it. In John 13, you know what he did. He washed the disciples' feet. Can you imagine the dirtiness of that job with open-toed sandals on dirty roads in that culture? And you were supposed to wash these people's feet and do it as unto the Lord? If they could do that as unto the Lord, we can do our jobs as unto the Lord. And Jesus did it for his disciples because he saw that they needed the lesson. So then, look at verse 12. My beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do, how many things? All things without grumbling or disputing or complaining, that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may have caused a glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. I think the point is clear. Paul is saying to us that the way you work If you don't whine and complain at work, if you don't fall into the pity parties as everybody else, if you can be that positive person and um, you've probably, maybe you are one of them, go back to Ephesians, or maybe you've run into them. Have you ever noticed there can be all these people and we can all get on the pity, 
the the pity party bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just gets lower and lower. And then somebody comes in and starts counting their blessings. You know what? I'm so I'm praising God. I have a job. I live in America. Did you hear what happened to that church in Egypt? Did you hear what happened to that group in Nigeria? Can you believe how we've been blessed? And you go, start going, what's wrong with that person? See, you hear how we talk? What's wrong with them? (laughs) Wait a minute. How about what's wrong with all of us? Why are we sitting here whining and complaining? And when we don't, I think Paul is saying we will appear as lights among others. Now, knowing, this is back in Ephesians 6, look at verse 8. Here's what you can know, because I hear it, and I wrote it down, and I have to say it. What's in it for me? Okay, I do this, right? And I should do it for the honor of Christ, and I should do it because it's the right thing to do, and I should do it because the Bible says it, and I should do it because I can be filled with the Spirit but I have to admit that there's something percolating down in this old soul of mine that says, but what's in it for me? Is there any reward at the end? Okay, so you the 30 years, you keep up a positive attitude and you work hard. And maybe you don't get a whole lot of respect, but you, you do it. What's in it for me? And it says, knowing, verse eight, that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. See, he's not only watching how you work. When you do the right thing, he wants to what? Reward you. He wants to bless you. First Peter 2, 18 and 19, write it down for your notes. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows who when suffering unjustly. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we, will sh- we shall reap if we do not grow weary. And so we need to understand that the backdrop of all of this is that there's a reward coming. And Paul will not leave the masters out or the employers, he says. And masters, verse 9, do the same things to them and give up threatening. Have you ever had a threatening boss? knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Now I want to give you a few verses in Colossians, two books to your right, and we'll wrap it up. Go to Colossians and let's start in chapter three. Again, Paul moving from um, the basis of the Lord ruling in our hearts to behavior. Look at verse 17, he says, Whatever you do, Colossians 3.17, in word or deed, and he follows this verse, um, what comes before this verse is the word of God richly dwelling in you, and then he says, whatever you do, 17, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Skip down to 22. Slaves in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord, here's the repetition, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done and that without partiality. 
4.1, Masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven, you're accountable as well. And then I think verse two makes perfect sense, devote yourselves to prayer, (laughs) keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. Man, do we need to pray in light of these truths in the scriptures. All right, so Galatians 3, 27 through 29 says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free men, There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so bosses, employees, husbands, wives, children, parents, right through the front door comes the Bible, right through the work door comes the Bible, and it says, do this to honor Christ in your life. You are ultimately a bondservant of Christ, And I just want to ask a question at the end of this message. If we did this, if we followed the biblical prescription, what do you think would happen to our witness in this city? Would there be a powerful light in this city? If every Christian took the Bible seriously and said, you know what, I'm going to work this way. And I've confessed to you in the midst of this message, I don't always do this. But... I want to be a revolutionary man. You know what I'm saying? In the best sense of that word. A a Bible revolution. I'm talking about, we want, you know, we're often praying for revival in the city, right? We want to see God move. But if Christians in these spheres of influence don't fully exploit them, if we're compartmentalizing our walk and we're one way here and another way there, we're going to lose our witness. And maybe these verses have more to do about why we don't see revival than we might think. And so I just want to ask you, are you willing to be revolutionary? I think this could revolutionize our witness in this culture. And so, Father, I just want to pray that you would help us because we, we see these verses and we just read a few of them, but they are, they're so full of challenge. They challenge us right where we live and work. But it's good because we know the Bible speaks to every area of our lives. We confess that we fall short many times in word, deed, thought, action. But Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to count our blessings. We want to be filled with your spirit. We want to walk into work as a light in that workplace. We want to give respect where respect is due. And we want to do our work as unto you. Father, help us. We need an attitude adjustment in many cases. We need to reflect back on your goodness. And while there's many things that we could focus on that are negative and things that we'd like to see different, we can also count our blessings. And we can see what you have done for us. And we can compare ourselves to a person living in the Roman Empire in the first century and say, man, we have got it good. We are blessed people. So let us not be selfish. Let us not be petty. Let us not be um, talking about what we don't have all the time. Let, uh, help us to celebrate what we do have. We have you. That's the most important thing. But we want to bring this into every sphere of our life. And the only way that can happen is if you are empowering us in every sphere of life. So Father, we want to afresh lay ourselves down before you. 
We pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Clothe us with the clothing of the new man. Clothe us with your armor. As we talk about the armor of God, we will see that the temptations that come at us do affect these areas of our lives. And you've given us custom-made armor. As we study the armor of God, I pray that you would equip us more and more to be ready to be a light in this culture. Bless the precious people that have come out tonight. Strengthen them. uh, Use them as vessels to be ambassadors for Christ as though you were pleading through them for people to be reconciled to God. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Giving Your Best for God, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Walk in Truth, our church, and the events and studies we have going on, then download our free Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we talk about suiting up, I want to encourage those of you who feel like, man, you got some dart sticking out of him, and you feel like you've been losing in the battle. You know what? You can you can always re-put on the armor. It's there for you every moment of every day. You just got to put it on. So hang in there and keep on enduring. God will give you strength. And we'll see you right here tomorrow for more on spiritual warfare and suiting up. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 about how to suit up for spiritual warfare. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.